0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting with the CEO of Buildable, Daniel Spatero, and he is an interesting guy. You know, He joins us talking about really his team, how he's built his company, both from inception to now getting it up and running with his co-founder, how he's building out his culture, how he's handled that through COVID, but also for post-COVID, how he wants to really look at work and life as one and how that they are so interconnected that we have to really look at it through the lens of, hey, work is a part of your team member identity. So how do we best enable it so that they really love where they work and enjoy that? And then they're able to also go in and enjoy life. So it's a cool one. If you're a leader of a company, I think you're going to enjoy it. But before we get into it, this show is brought to you by Cave, a social-first marketing agency based out of Los Angeles. So if you need help with social media, creating content, getting those strategies together, head over to cavesocial.com, hit the contact us. They'd love to hear from you. All right, sit back, enjoy this one. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, we are welcoming Daniel Spatero to the show. He is the CEO at Buildable and founder. How are you doing, Daniel?
1: I'm excellent, my guy. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. I love it. Glad to have you on. I'm excited to talk about all things work, building a company, some of the challenges of being an entrepreneur. But before we get there, walk me through your entrepreneurial journey. How did you start Buildable or what brought you to saying, hey, I need to... Yeah, well, are ready to say like, hey, there's
1: this problem and we need to solve it. How much time you have. You know, this whole thing of running a company, as you know, is a lifetime commitment. And I think at the beginning, you don't really understand what you're getting into when you start, right? You're captivated by something. You want to get started. You get into it. You get addicted to it. um, And it becomes a lifestyle that I think if it's in your DNA, you just can't do anything else. For me, that was very much true. You know, business school by trade kind of went through that route and, um, you know, liked pieces of it and didn't like pieces of it and all that stuff, but really was just always interested in new ideas, building ideas. There's a couple funny ones that my sister still chirps me about t- today. That's for another podcast, but uh, another episode. When it came to entering tech specifically at the very beginning, it was all about, like the reason why I was interested in software was to me, the economics were the most interesting, you know, you can scale it, you're going through software, it's self-serve and that to me was fascinating. Personally, you know, I went into the trenches, came out of school. Obviously my Rolodex was all investment bankers, consultants and really smart people on the business side. But I started from kind of ground zero when it comes to network and understanding and and all that. So I really started from the bottom, joined an accelerator here in Toronto to start with uh, one of my first concepts that was an ad tech platform. And I'm grateful for that. It fizzled out after I think 14 months, but what I really loved about that experience was I was able to go into that accelerator and just meet a ton of, you know, the mentors, a part of that, that ecosystem. And one of the mentors, Richard Hyatt ended up becoming an investor in our stage our seed stage round that we just did, which is super cool. So full circle, but I met some really great folks and I just got really like, my hands dirty ended up meeting my co-founder Mo who is the best human being on the planet. He's one of the most incredible software architects out there. But beyond that, he's a beautiful human being. So, you know, we got lucky and kind of hooking up in 2017 and him and I just kind of went to the drawing board and said, what could we build together? And it started as even before Buildable, we had a different brand called GigaLab and that was a software agency. So we were building big systems for big companies. So obviously still tech driven, still software but you're kind of like this like oxymoron where you are building things for, and you're, you're a tech company, you're building software for folks, but you ship them to them. And we built some really cool things and we had a ton of fun and we grew you know, the business quite tremendously over the first year, first 14, 18 months. But like we, just, we were heartbroken a lot of the times when we would spend so much time, our whole team would build this incredible algorithm, this big system, and they would hand it off to somebody, right? And then we would say, okay, great, see you later. And then they would run with it and they would build it. Mo and I are like product people by default. So we decided about 2018, 2019 to take some money off the table and invest our own capital in this concept of kind of productizing the service that we were doing as an agency perspective for big companies. So a lot of big companies would come to us with infrastructure problems and really complicated, again, software related things. And really what it comes down to is like, we were just really good at helping build modern systems right? Elastic systems. Like when it comes to software, that's really hard to do. So we decided to figure out how to productize that, systemize that, ended up becoming a very difficult challenge, extremely difficult. Took us a lot longer as it always does, you know, more expensive and three times as expensive and it took three times as long to do it. But the byproduct ended up becoming buildable. So we ended up, you know, in a cave, R&D cave for eight months and just worked in transitioning the business from that agency kind of work for hire model into this self-serve full SaaS model which is now buildable. And when we started opening up to folks in the space and developers, we just got a lot of, you know, positive feedback and I think that was the first instant of kind of my journey being like, okay, this is, you know, the inklings of product market fit as we call it, super cliche, but you kind of know when it hits. And we've been doubling down ever since and kind of going down that rabbit hole and kind of building it and then recently we raised the round. So It's been a long, you know, journey to get to where we are, but we just feel like now, and especially my time in my career, I feel like we've built a really great foundation to what is a very interesting company. So that's kind of the synopsis.
0: I love it. I love too that recognize like that moment of recognizing like, oh, we're like we're hired guns. Like we have this as an agency too, right? Like we're like, oh, we're hired guns, we come in. We get this thing, we make strategy, we do all this. But then to your point, you're like, you're letting it go into the wild. It's like, you know, and and then you don't know what happens a lot of the time. So it's a tough thing. So having that product that you can work on and transition the business, super, super cool. Now, as you've transitioned and now you're, you know, you got the seed stage and obviously you're going to start to add people to the team, right? One of the Mm -hmm. things we talked a little bit about before we hit record was really how the world, like there's a war on for talent right now. And how the world is going to look with regards to post COVID, even if COVID didn't happen, we were going down this path to really acknowledging or taking a deeper look at the relationship between work and life. So, sure. I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on how you see the challenge that is one, you know, attracting talent, but then two, also kind of as you set the tone as a leader of a company and it's our job as leaders to be like okay this is how we approach work and life I'd love to hear your thoughts just as you step into that next phase of the company and start
1: adding people in like how are you
0: looking at the overall ecosystem and where buildable fits in
1: yeah man and I think again we, yeah we had a great conversation briefly about this and double clicking on it I, I think to me the future of work post covid I, I think covid accelerated you know, the microscope or the amount of microscopes that have been put on, like what a healthy office structure and culture looks like. I think it definitely was, you know, it was required to reevaluate what that was even pre-COVID. I think just again, COVID accelerated it. So, you know, we've always been a remote first company, which is interesting. We did have kind of pre-COVID, you know, the common structure, we had the 10 person, we work office in different parts of Toronto here, and that was awesome. And nothing will ever replace that. And again, I'm the type of person that loves being around people. I'm energized by people and I do miss that. And there's always going to be a facet that is required. You want to high five people. You want to do the, you know, the casual walk to, to grab a coffee and get to know your team, however. As COVID happened, we were all butts and seats on a Friday. The next Monday in March of whatever that was, 20 of the years were blending together at this point. <laughs> but if that March, when it was at the beginning, you know, that Monday, we were fully remote. And we were, of course, lucky and fortunate. We are a business that can accommodate a fully remote culture. A lot of people and a lot of entrepreneurs couldn't. And I think, you know, those people were hit really hard. And I sympathize with those folks. We got lucky in that we were forced to go in that and we kind of used that as a mechanism to Again, think about this critically and understand that, you know, COVID or no COVID, depending on whatever we come out of this, we have an opportunity to define how buildable is going to define the future of work and the future of the office and all that. And what I think is most interesting is that culture is now becoming, you know, the word culture, it's a vague term or a broad stroke term, but this concept of culture and building a place that people deeply want to be a part of, I think is becoming a really, you know, big differentiator. So for me, as like, you know, again, a CEO, as the luxury and the pleasure of now having, you know, more resources in the bank and, you know, more opportunities to bring on people, I'm fortunate to be able to rethink what that looks like from the ground up. So I do not want to look at anything before COVID, whatever. I don't want to look at what we did before. I want to understand, you know, how can we build a system, a process, a place you know, remote or physical or a hybrid. Again, hybrid, I think is the key that's going to really encourage people to want to work for Buildable specifically. Again, to me, it's just such a awesome challenge. And I look at it as that. I think of it as a problem that if we solve it, we will be able to push the business forward. And it's just fun. It's a cool thing to think about.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, right? I think COVID, as much as it accelerated our move to fully remote, I also think it probably accelerated us acknowledging that isolation all day every day isn't good either and that that component of oh i set the team all remote but now nobody's high-fiving or even having the experience of like we're not you know there's no social component i remember we so same thing we went remote okay cool we could facilitate it and navigating that as a leader i messed up fully on sure we had meetings but it was all just like what's the work who's doing what whatever i didn't ever once have a meeting just with the team to be like how are y'all doing Like, let's all get the same lunch. I'm I'm shipping, like, I'm sending, put your DoorDash orders in. It's gonna, everything's getting shipped to you guys today. We're all having lunch on a Zoom. I didn't even think about that. You know, now, however long it's been since, now I'm like, oh, okay. If I went fully remote, I would start to look at some of these things that might seem like extra. But it's like, no, you need them to facilitate that and to have those check-ins. That's something, you know, that I think was missed. So to your point, it's like, oh, looking at hybrid. And I also think it's not only this battle of like, office versus home or whatever it may be. I think it's looking at work and life, right? As we talked about before. How are those things intertwined? And when you create a brand or a company where people truly want to work there, it becomes part of their identity, right? Like they, they are happy. That's their tribe. Those are their people. Those are the people they roll with. That's their team. Like, it's not 100% transactional. Yeah, it's transactional. You pay people to come in to work for you, of course, but there's a deeper level. And when you're not a commodity, when you're a person who's highly sought after, when you are a senior architect, you know, a developer, like, yeah, you can kind of have your pick of the litter when it comes to to, to going places. So those are those differentiating factors. Now, how do you approach that? Like yourself as the being a leader of a remote team? Are you, do you guys do anything kind of interesting or stuff
1: you've seen that's worked? Yeah, man, totally. And, And again, I, you know, you can't, I think everyone was in your boat. I was, you know, you're still trying to run a business. Like this whole thing happened and it just completely shifted the way operations existed, but we're still trying to work, make everything work. You know, I think a lot of people were in your boat and just being like business as usual, let's make sure the lights stay on. Let's actually drive this thing forward. And sometimes in that process of of doing that, things get neglected. For us, same thing. We realized probably within the first, I don't know, two, three weeks that things were getting sterile, right? Like you're on Slack, you you can throw up a Zoom link and that's great. We can still operate. But when you see that, again, the only thing people are communicating about is work or problems at work, or that's great. However, you need to have that piece that allows people to get to know each other and build those intangible, you know, things of a relationship that you can't get if you're fully remote. So we looked at that very early, we invested very early in ideas in that one of the, a couple of the great things that we did was Airbnb experiences. Those have been really cool. So, you know, once or twice a month, we'll throw up and, you know, we'll fund an Airbnb experience. And, you know, Wednesday at one o'clock, we'll do, you know, a cooking session, you know, we'll, we'll make gnocchi with uh, Nunna's in Italy, or we'll do, you know, whatever. There's so many cool things there. And that's been a, a really interesting option. And then other things too, we do, you know, standups are common in our industry every day. Obviously our engineers come together and chat and, you know, see, we're doing walking standups on Wednesdays. So every Wednesdays, everyone goes outside. Everyone goes outside, will do the stand-up, you know, on Zoom, on their phones, on their computer, in their office. Everyone will walk and then post that stand-up. Everyone selects a buddy. And then only you and that person will go and finish that stand-up together and you only talk about things not related to work. So we've experimented with different things that are more of like the little things that you can pepper into a regular week. And then beyond that, what's really cool is thinking of the office structure, right? And we talk about hybrid. We talked about again, you know, your thoughts and my thoughts on what is the best like days to do remote and not remote during a week. For us, thinking about that as well is a challenge. But what we've seen in technology and in software, because it's becoming so competitive to find and to attract software engineers, that's you know with the inflation of salaries and the amount of capital in the space, you know, we have to go global. So whereas I think two three years ago, we, a company like ours would have focused on hiring, you know, 10, 15, 20 people in Toronto. We're doing that globally. And what's really cool is you can leverage a global talent. Like there's incredibly intelligent people everywhere. And again, I mentioned before, we were always a remote first team. We've been in other parts of the world, you know, three years before COVID. But now it's like thinking about how does that now you know coexist with the economics of what's happening in the landscape with hiring and people, you even you know more have to go global and be distributed. So now You know, whereas we had that 10 person we work pre-COVID post doesn't really make sense anymore, but you still want that in office banter. You still want that stuff. So what we're experimenting with and what I want to do in kind of Q4 and kind of Q1, Q2 of uh, next year is do kind of a traveling office. And there's been some interesting talks and different strategies about this that I both agree and disagree in certain ways. The way that we're going to do it is um, every, we're probably going to do once a quarter or three times a year kind of thing. And we'll select a place in the world and bring everyone to that place from Tuesday to Friday of that week, right? So everyone travels to that one particular beautiful Airbnb, whether it's like South Carolina or whether it's Mexico, whatever, cool places. And then Tuesday, when you get there, nobody talks about work. Everyone's at the beach. Everyone's hanging out. Everyone gets to just see each other, understand those people. And then kind of like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is crush mode in person. Let's be a team. And then you go away, you, you disperse again, and you go in, you get the benefits of remote and you get your personal time back in being remote, but then you can kind of pepper that in. So we've thought about it a lot. And then, you know, lastly, and, and you've got a lot of really good points up there, the big thing about identity and like this concept of like work-life balance, for me, that's a big thing. And I always find it super interesting because when you meet someone new... The first question someone asks you is, oh, what's your name? And then the second one is, what do you do for a living, right? So our job titles are such a big part of our identities. So to me, the status quo has been, you know, oddly negative. Like this whole concept of, right, you look forward to the Fridays and you despise the Mondays. Clearly something is wrong there. Clearly, you know, the status quo and the average is is not pure enjoyment of that fundamental piece of your identity, which is your job. And I think for me, another piece of like understanding and, you know, a really interesting ops challenge as a CEO is the, of course, the future of work discussion, but also the concept of amalgamating, like this idea of work and life. It should be one thing. And I know you mentioned another one of your guests talk, uh, called it kind of work life integration. I think it's not even, it's like, it should be one, like you should be able to work whatever hours you want. If you're on a team that you've built trust, and you know the leadership has a a huge amount of faith in everyone on board and vice versa you should be able to do whatever you want as long as you're going to get your tasks done for that particular week and you care about the work and if you care about the work you're going to do your best job the company's going to be better for it and you're going to love what you do every minute so you know it doesn't matter if it's a four-day work week a three-day work, a seven-day work week. it doesn't matter the idea is that you be productive to the amount of and the degree with which you feel is relevant and if the fit is so high between the person and the company, that's going to be optimized. So I think like it's a really interesting way of looking at it and like double-clicking on that as we move forward in the future of our business is something that, again, I'm fortunate to be able to take care of, which is awesome.
0: Yay. It's something that we all have to look at, right? And say, okay, what are those key benefits that will get people there. And I don't think it's archaic, you know, nine to five, you have to be here at this time. And you, you know, at five o'clock, ding, 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 you go punch your card and get out because that's just not how it it works. I mean, look, I say this, obviously, retail business exceptions, right? If you're if you're brick and mortar, if you're a... Absolutely. You're, more yeah, right. yeah, of course, yeah, totally. Yeah, I've got, to got to draw that line because if in case someone's listening and they're like, well, we have a, a cafe, like, yeah, you need to be yeah, there when yeah. the cafe opens. Yeah. Industry specific, um, for sure. Yeah, but when we look at you know corporate America and what's happening, it is, this was a great time for us to just reevaluate everything. I think too, if you're listening to this and you're a leader in your company, I think one of the biggest takeaways is like talk with your team and do what works for you. No Inc. article or entrepreneur.com article is going to solve your specific problem, right? Look and say, what is the type of place that... like, What's truly important to the business and what can I get accomplished? I think a lot of times and stuff I see with clients we get into, they get caught up in the minutiae and things that really don't ever move the needle. It's like 80% of the time caught on the 20% of the work and when it should be flipped around. and take a look at what are those things that can massively swing the needle, either financially or emotionally, you know, from a mental health perspective for your team. It could be something where you go like, oh, dang, like, We're going to get gym memberships for everybody if they want it. Or we're going to do this quarterly retreat if we're all remote. Like think about these things that are, you know, bigger swings that can have these massive, massive results versus like the minutia of I'm going to put a new Slack integration into.
1: our. And it's going to work with the people, the DNA of your organization. Like another great example, and I totally agree with you for us has been the whole gym thing. I also think like physical fitness, mental fitness, all that stuff plays into again optimization of your team and all that. For us, physical fitness is a big one. Of course, mental as well. On the physical side particularly, we've done like Peloton digital memberships and we'll have like an hour where the whole team will jump on and share screen and and rip a workout, an Adrian workout together. And that has been really cool. Again, some, some of these concepts and the, the ideas, in theory, they make a lot of sense. In practice, a lot of the times they don't. Gym memberships and that stuff is like one of them. I think like a, a generic gym membership is great. You're encouraging physical fitness, but do you still get the benefit of like having people do things together? Not really, because you're going to go to the gym by yourself. So you're going to kind of go do that. And that's awesome that it's funded. But can you find ways to amalgamate it and also make it a team activity? The Peloton stuff in particular was a really cool example that in practice actually works really, really well. Again, if your team likes that kind of stuff, but ours does.
0: Yeah. Finding what fits with your org, right? Daniel, this has been awesome, man. So before I let you go, let people know,
1: one, where they can learn about Buildable, and then two, where they can connect with you online. Yeah. So buildable.dev is our main website, and my main platform is LinkedIn, and I'm pretty much open to any type of DM on, on there. So feel free to reach out. Beauty, go reach out to Daniel on
0: LinkedIn, and don't try to sell him shit mind your marketing listeners, you know that. I'll, I give that warning always. I'm like, don't come in hot with some sales pitch. Connect with real interest. I respect um, it though. I, I respect <laughs> it. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, amazing. Daniel. thanks so much, man, for coming on today. Thanks, I appreciate brother. Appreciate it. it. Had a of fun, man. And I'm glad we did this. Thanks. Beauty. All right, guys. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time.